So today we, we're, we're, we get to talk about um, the resurrection as is common on, on the Easter celebration and as the church has, you know, started Easter and has been celebrating Easter for a long time. Um, we're going to talk about just a, but a couple specific things and, and really get into what it means for us when we look at the cross and this idea that we see in Scripture of the hope of glory. And so as we continue to celebrate this Easter, I want us to discover the power of the cross and what, how that relates to this hope that we've been talking about. So let's start off and Colossians 1, 27. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we're going to unpack that a little bit as we look at the cross and resurrection today. So when we hear the word glory in our, in our modern context, it can convey a few different meanings. Uh, it can mean glory in the military sense, uh, like the classic Denzel Washington film, Glory, right? That's, that's a common understanding of glory. Then, then there's glory in the athletic sense. Right? I mean, bowl games, March Madness, Super Bowl, the word glory is used a lot. If you just, like, watch a few sports channels during any one of the, like, the big sporting seasons, you're going to hear the word glory a lot. Like, they toss it around like candy. And so it's kind of the the meaning is a little bit diminished. (laughs) You know, glory is often used to describe, you know, someone's fame, you know, and and their impact on on pop culture. It's, It's kind of related to glory. And so, really, the word has kind of been hijacked. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so when we say glory right now, I want to kind of give you kind of the scriptural definition, the definition that we see here and, and elsewhere in scripture, that where glory is, is the splendor, the wonder, and the grace of God in our lives. And so that's, when we say glory, that's what we're talking about. And so if you're talking about the hope, hope of glory, it leads me to my next point. What is our hope of life? What is your hope in life right now? See, hope rests in the moment, in the present reality, even in the mundane. There's hope for a favorable outcome at work or with a family member. We have hope that that light's going to stay green just a little bit longer. I had hope when I was driving to church this morning and I saw sirens behind me. My hope was that they weren't for me, and thank God they were not. So we have hope in the present, but we also have hope in the future, right? We look forward to when our lives are going to reach a certain phase. Like we, we think about that. We have hope for that. But we also hope for like the, 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 the larger future. We look forward to the time when our world is made new again, when we can commune with God and feast at his table in a place with no more tears and no more crying and no more pain. And so hope, it, it varies, right? I mean, there are stages of it. There are different kinds of it. And so it's, it's actually not helpful to, to diminish someone else's hope because it may not be as big or as important as like a, a, a grander hope because it's in, it, there's varying degrees and where you are is where you are. You know, everyone's in a different place. We can't reduce or place our hope nor force someone else to have that same orientation and, and instead we acknowledge where we are. Sometimes... We're in seasons where we need hope just to get through the day. Because every day is a battle. 
Other times we're looking for something more, knowing that there has to be something outside of ourselves in this life. And so our hope is that we will discover that thing, like this, this experience with something that's, that's bigger than I am. And if, even if you're not sure what it is, there's a hope that you're going to be able to actually touch it and experience it. Wherever you are on this planet, I want us to find a fresh hope and be able to expand it. And let the hope of glory, the wonder and splendor and grace of God become our root hope. I want it to be like our foundational hope, that every, the hope that every other hope we have is built on. Because when that happens, things begin to fall in place. And as we discover the significance of the cross and the resurrection, it becomes more real. It doesn't become just a story that we read about and a thing that we hear about, but that's something that's real right now. In order to discover this hope of glory, though, for ourselves, we have to understand how it all ties to creation. And so I want to look at Colossians again. This is right before this passage in in verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus is the image of what God intended in creation. The glory of creation, its wonder and splendor, is the glory we see in Jesus. And because of the cross, this is the glory that's available to us, that we can, that we can tap into. You know, it's like when, you know, they're coming out with a new, phone, with a new uh, iPhone, I think, maybe, maybe it's a Samsung, I, I don't know, but, but basically, you're going to be able to, like, give some of your, your, your juice to someone else. Did y'all see that? Right? It's, it's pretty cool. And so, I, I, like, like, as you think about that, like, imagine being able to, like, get some, some of that, some of that glory that was on the cross. Some of that glory, some of that life that we see in Jesus' life when he restored people, when he loved people, when he accepted people that no one else did, that we get to plug into some of that. That we get to see some of that in our lives. You see, the cross of Christ didn't try to restore us back to creation. The cross wasn't to get back to a place where we were before. It was to create a new one. And so everything we see before that is great. But what Jesus and what we see in the cross is an opportunity to actually have a new creation. And that new creation is available to us now. It's available to us to be present in our lives. And it's something that can be active. So what is the hope of glory? It's that we can share in the glory of Christ, that we can experience the life God always intended for all his creation. He always intended wholeness. He always intended grace. This hope remains in the seemingly small matters of life. This hope remains in the crises of faith. This hope remains in the future. And when we look at Jesus, we begin to comprehend, just begin 
to comprehend the true heart of God. When we see the splendor of the sun, when we look at the depths of the ocean, when we are moved by notes of music or the color of a paintbrush, that hope is renewed. It reminds us of the heart of God. And it's something that we can have for ourselves. What happens, though, when, when our hope is diminished? What happens when it's reduced or sometimes worse when it's deferred? When it's, when it's put on pause. You see, see this is the problem. We, we have a theme in the latter part of the New Testament. And this is the theme that we get to participate. The theme is we get to share in the glory of Christ. That sounds like a good thing, right? And it is. So what's the problem? That every time it talks about that, it also says we also get to share in the suffering of Christ. And we tend to forget that part. Because none of us wants that. But that's a part of it. And so we get to experience that glory, but we also participate in the suffering. You know, one of the more admirable qualities of any person is his or her ability to handle adversity. You know, when someone is building any kind of team, they often want to know how their teammate can handle setbacks, right? It's a good indicator of that person's character. You know, one of the biggest, biggest examples of faith is not how loud you can be. One of the biggest examples of faith is, can you hold on in the hardest of times? Anyone can have confidence when that confidence has never been shaken. Right? Uh, a couple months ago, I had a Fix a, fix a server for someone. And I was very confident that I was, I've done this many times, done this for years, and I was very confident I'll get this done in two hours. Six hours later, I was a little less confident <laughs> that I was going to get it done in two hours. Four days later, I was even less confident <laughs> that I was going to get it done and any kind of reasonable amount of time. At that point, I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Confidence is great until you, like, have real life. <laughs> right? That's how we hold on to it. You know, and the same can be said of, of our relationships, of, of our family, of our work, even our faith sometimes. You know, after an earthquake, we have a little less hope that the ground is going to stay still. And so what do we do with that? You know, what's more is the pain that arises from hope that is stopped abruptly in its tracks. When something you've been waiting for for a long time, you get closer, you get closer, and then bam, you hit a wall. That's hard. That's hurtful. One of my favorite poems is called Dream Deferred by Langston Hughes. And it's, it's one of my favorites because when I read it as a kid, nothing really quite spoke to what I was feeling like, like this poem. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat 
or a crust and sugar over it, like syrupy sweet. Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? You ever felt that way? It's hard. Now, don't, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying we're all doomed to a life of suffering. Like, that's, that's not the point of this right now. I'm saying it's a part of life. And it's part of the way to experience the glory. And if it hasn't been a part of yours yet, just give it some time. <laughs> I promise it will happen. <laughs> Sometimes this takes a few decades. Listen, I'm also not saying that pain is the only way to Christ. No, he took on our pain. Matter of fact, one of my favorite prophecies in Isaiah, when talking about Jesus, that he sat in the deepest grief. Like in, 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 in the darkest, deepest, saddest grief, he experienced it. He lived it. And so he knows and so, he, and so what he's saying is that even in our deepest, saddest, most horrible grief, he's there. He's right there with us. He took it on so we could be free in him, but we're not completely free yet. We're kind of living the tension where we get to experience that freedom, but not everything always works out. And that's just the reality of the kingdom right now. But we do get to experience it, and our hope is that we will experience it once again. What I am saying is to not despise hardship, because as we walk with Christ, that hardship leads to experiencing his glory, and it's always worth it. You know, I can look back on so many difficulties that I've had, and while I don't particularly want to relive them, I actually wouldn't change it. You know, I still remember, I guess it was 12 years ago now, when Jessica took me to the hospital. And they pulled a tumor out of my head and said, hey, we're not sure yet. We're going to test to see if this is cancerous or not. Go home, and we'll call you in a week and let you know what's going on. This is after the surgery, but it's just like, okay, I guess I'll go to sleep then. <laughs> it was one of the worst weeks of my life. Not only was I post-surgery, so just in all kinds of pain, I'm like every day wondering if this thing that was in my head is actually cancerous, right? And so I'm having like all of this stuff just kind of pressing in on me. And yet, in that same moment, in that same week, in that same place, I had never felt closer to God than in that moment. That even in the darkest places, we can experience his peace. That he sits with us in it because he gets it. No one has suffered more than he has. So how do we make real this hope of glory? What do we do when our hope begins to raisin in the sun, as my brother Langston says, when it's a little less tangible. When that happens, we, we come back to the cross. 
We have to understand the power of the resurrection and allow that power to plug into our lives. You see, the resurrection is a critical part of the story. You see, a lot of people can, can, can accept the historical figure of Jesus, you know? It's kind of, it's hard not to, like, there was no one like him, changed the world. And so we, we can look at that story, and we can appreciate that story, we can, we can honor Jesus in that way. But if we leave out the resurrection part, if we leave out the, the kind of the death part and him rising again, we leave out so much because he's not just an historical figure. See, there's a reason why after he rose again, he appeared to 500 people, over 500 people he appeared to. Like there was a reason like that had to happen. Just like, so, like l- let's be clear, <laughs> I'm back, <laughs> right? Like this is, a, this is a critical part of the story. You see, his disciples, after he died, they were like, they had lost hope. They went back to their old lives. Some even just kind of left altogether. They're like, okay, we're going to leave Jerusalem because this didn't work out the way we thought it was. And our hope of being rescued, and you got to imagine, that hope of rescue means something as, 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 a, as a nation that was occupied by, by a world power that was, that was just enduring all kinds of injustice all the time. So that hope of rescue for what they thought Jesus was going to be for that to like dwindle, like that was a real thing. And then he came back. He said, no, I am the hope you've been looking for. And now you're going to change the world. That's why the resurrection is so critical. See, Jesus restored that hope of those who, who saw him not just to where I'd once been, but to a, in a whole new place. And that's, that's what's available to us, not just a restored hope, but a hope that, that, that is bigger and, and, and better than we, we've ever had. Just like light burst into the darkness at the beginning of time, no matter how long it took, the same way Jesus burst from the grips of death to life is the same way we are propelled from darkness into light, from hopelessness into joy, and from sorrow into peace. The scripture says that the same power that resurrected Jesus lives in me and lives in you. And that same power that propelled him will propel us. That same power where the disciples thought they lost everything and then were turned around in an instant and risked everything to see the light of Jesus become reality in their communities. That's that same power that we have access to. Let's go back to that scripture. The riches of the glory of this mystery. The riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory already exists within us. It has been activated. Now it just needs to be appropriated to whatever our circumstance is. It's there. Now we just have to apply it. I want to. Uh, I want to look at 
this story in John, in John 20. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was him. He asked her, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, teacher. We started the previous series, we just finished communion uh, uh, with this scripture, with this story. And as we celebrate the resurrection, we come back to it. You see, just as everything was broken in the garden, here is Jesus as the gardener tending to creation. Making what was once broken and lifeless alive again. And as that garden rises, just as he rose, we know that we can rise from whatever depths that we're in ourselves. There are times when it feels like just everything is lost. But the resurrection reminds us that that's never the case. There are times when, like, just the light is dim. You know, when, you know, they say that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes that light feels like a small little flame. And the resurrection reminds us that it's not that far away. Hope is renewed as we wrestle with our faith, as we search for any ounce remaining and rely on that to get us through. You know, Jesus, I mean, Jesus talked about this a lot. He was just like, hey, if you have just enough faith, like a mustard seed, which is just like the smallest seed you can basically get, if you have just that amount, that amount of faith, you can move mountains. Now, it was, it was a Hebrew kind of idiom to say to move mountains, which basically meant whatever your hardest difficulty is, if you have just a little bit of faith, you can get through it. So what, like wherever you are, whatever faith you do have, use that. You don't have to be some giant of faith in order to get through. You wrestle, you fight, you struggle, you push, and you don't lose hope. And that's the rest of our faith. Hope is renewed in service from a heart of love as we push through adversity and continue to fight. There's something that happens when we serve people when we're just in the depths. There's something that happens when we give of ourselves even when we're in the middle of the hardest tribulations. So in this same passage in Colossians that when Paul was talking to, to the church, he's like, look, I've had to suffer a lot right now for, for the call that I have, but I love it because I love you. And I'm going to continue to serve you because I love you. And I'm going to continue to push through no matter what, no matter what I endure. I mean, so many times in Scripture it says rejoice in suffering 
which doesn't make any sense. How do we rejoice in suffering? It's not because we rejoice because of the suffering, but because of what the suffering leads to. We rejoice because it leads to character. And we see change in our hearts and in our lives. We rejoice because it it makes us persevere. And we can handle anything that is thrown at us later on. We rejoice because it leads to hope. And that's why it says we rejoice in our suffering. Because that's what it produces. And our hope is renewed in humility. As we shed our pretense, as we shed our masks with God and with each other, as we're real and vulnerable about where we are, who we are, what's happening, and we don't have to put on anything, that's, that's where it happens. See, too much of our culture right now just wants to put on a face. We have to put on what we think we should be. We, we put on what we think others are expecting of us. Look, I get the struggle. But if we can stop living up to others' expectations and just be real where we at, we will find the hope at the bottom there. Our hope of glory is found in the resurrection. It's found within us. And it will rise to every occasion. Let's look at some practical tips. Identify an area of your life where hope has dwindled. Spend time in prayer acknowledging the pain you're experiencing from that deferred hope and seek God's peace. This, this peace doesn't come because what we dreamed is going to happen. That's not where the peace comes from. The peace comes about because God understands your struggle. He's with you in his pain and just wants to be with you in it and just wants to sit with you. All right, number two. Read Colossians 1.27 every day this week. Define what the glory of God looks like in your life right now. We define it today as splendor, wonder, and his grace. Describe what that grace and wonder would be in your circumstance. As you wrestle with your fate, wait expectingly for that grace to become reality. And I would, I would recommend journaling or sharing this part of your life with a friend who will just listen and encourage you. Like, if you'd like to journal, I would, I would encourage you to journal this as you're, like, doing this so that you can kind of get it out. In that process, it becomes a little more tangible. And if, you're, if you don't like to journal, then I would just say, talk this out with someone, someone who will encourage you and support you as, as you're working through this. All right, number three. Hope is renewed in our service towards others and love. Wherever there is darkness in your life, look for ways to lovingly serve others. It can be in a small or large way, but something out of your norm. Pushing through adversity, through serving others, propels us out of darkness into light. Okay, so we're going to prepare to take communion. Uh, Right now, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up. As we prepare for communion, during the song or while you're at the table, 
I want you to imagine Christ on the cross. But I also want you to imagine him with you in your darkest place, wherever that is. And as you do that, and as you take the bread and the juice, I want you to imagine Christ in the garden, restoring everything and bringing you out of that darkness into light. And so in this time of just kind of ministry time, as we take communion, as you kind of work through that, if you have anything where you're like, hey, I'd really love someone to pray with, pray with me, our prayer team would love to do that. And so I just want you to come up for that and just kind of feel welcome to that. But if you're in a place right now where you are seeking something like this, and you're like, this is what I'm, I think I'm looking for, but I'm, I'm not sure yet, or, or, or you don't know what it, what it really looks like to follow Christ, but you, you want to you wanna explore that, I'd ask you to come up for prayer, and, and, and we, we just love to kind of pray with you and kind of walk with you in that, because you're not alone there. And um, if you want someone to pray with you as you seek fresh hope in your life, I also want you to come up. Because sometimes it's, just, it's helpful to, to be with someone as, as, we, as we seek God in that. And then if there's anything else you, you want prayer for, our, our team will be there for whatever you need in a safe and, and confidential environment. And so let's stand right now and... Um, as we, as we do this song and, and, and worship, let's, let's take communion with that heart towards, towards restoration. And let's just see what, what God wants to do uh, in your life right now.